The views and opinions expressed by guests on this program are not necessarily the views of Thinking Bigger Business Media, Inc. or its employees. Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now, here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. Our show today is brought to you by the Magic of Marceline Development Company and Farmland Foods Bacon and Breakfast Sausage. We're searching for the 10 best grandmothers in Missouri. Ten winners will each receive $1,250 in cash and more. Enter at magicofmarceline.com. That's magicofmarceline.com. Our guest today is Matthew Marcus. He is the founder of OneMinuteCandidate.co.co. He is an, a serial entrepreneur. He's very involved in the startup village community here in Kansas City. And we're here today to talk with him first about One Minute Candidate and then secondly about startup village and where it's going and how it's shaping the Kansas City business community. Welcome to the show today, Matthew. Thanks for having me on the show, Kelly. You have this new product. It's supposed to help us spend less time figuring out what the different political candidates stand for. So tell us what One Minute Candidate is beyond that. I mean, that's that's it in a nutshell, but explain it more fully to us. Yeah, I mean, the concept's really simple. I think that, you know, today we're all very, very busy, and there are precious seconds left after we work and sleep that we want to do other things with, like spend time with family and check out Facebook and watch Netflix and whatnot. And uh, as much as we'd like to know about the political candidates, we simply just don't have the time to research them fully and in depth. And so One Minute Candidate is just a very simple concept where the candidates get a 60-second video to tell voters why they should vote for them to earn the vote, 60 precious seconds to earn the vote. And the reason that we like video is because if a picture says a thousand words, then a video says a billion words because you really get to see what, you know, see the energy of the candidate, see how they respond, see how they talk, and you really get a good feel for who they are. Now, One Minute Candidate, that was born out of a startup weekend just recently, I believe. Well, it was cultivated out of the startup weekend. Uh, mm -hmm. the, the idea came to me about a year ago when I actually stepped into a voting booth on the <laughs> Kansas City side, and I literally looked down at these candidate names, and I said, I don't know anything about any of these people. And I felt really foolish, and I just had wished at that time that there was some sort of button where I could watch a 60-second video of the candidate just telling me about them so I could make somewhat mm -hmm. of an educated voting decision. I knew it wouldn't be full, fully educated, but at least it was somewhat educated. And so that's where the idea was born. And then, you know, I went to Startup Weekend, yeah, about a month ago. I uh, wasn't even prepared to pitch this idea. I was going to pitch another idea I had, but discovered a few days beforehand that someone had already started a startup with that idea. So uh, it's just threw up one minute candidate. People seem to like it. Team formed around. I really got a stellar team uh, around me, which was awesome. And then we ended up winning it. So it was pretty neat. 
Well, congratulations. Now, this one-minute candidate, how does it work? Is it an app? Is it something that I have to look up on a website? How do I access these videos? So right now we're just uh, web-based. We don't have an app or anything. Uh, in true lean startup uh, approach, we're starting very lean and just you know getting the idea out there, talking with voters, talking with candidates, seeing which piece of our platform uh, re- resonates with them so that we can build this thing appropriately. So right now, I mean, it's a very simple website. Uh, basically, we just get the videos from the candidates and we create them a profile page on One Minute Candidate. And then we put their video up and, you know, a little bit of other information, like maybe a link to their Facebook page or their Twitter or their or their website. But that's really it, because we don't want to detract from the videos themselves, which to us is the most powerful component. Right. So how are the candidates themselves reacting to this kind of a platform? You know, I think it was it's it's certainly a simple idea, but it was still one that they were trying to figure out because 60 seconds obviously isn't a lot of time to get uh, a typical political message out there. So I think they were trying to grapple with what, what do I say and how do I say it in such a time uh, frame. But, mm-hmm. um, but I think once they got into it, they realized that 60 seconds actually is a decent amount of time to talk about two to three issues that matter most to you. And, you know, once it was kind of like once one of the dominoes fell, a few more fell, and even a few more after that fell. So the big key for us was getting uh, Mayor Sly James. He was our first video on the website. We actually got him down at uh, Startup Weekend to record his video, which was pretty awesome. And, mm-hmm. um, and then I think once the other candidates could see one of these videos in action and understand more about it, they, then it made more sense. What was the first election? This has only been out about a month. Have you had it through an election yet then? You're talking about candidates embracing it. I suspect that it's been used. It has. It has, actually. Serendipity played a a fine role in that. So launched this thing at Startup Weekend, and we figured, all right, well, where do we want to take this next? And certainly uh, Kansas City, Missouri, our own Kansas City here, had a uh, general municipal election on June 23rd. And so it gave us, you know, about two weeks to ramp up and get all the candidate videos or as many as we could on there and then launch it out there. And we just, you know, kind of grassroots growth hacking marketing (laughs) just uh, took it, you know, through social media and contacted it, uh, you know, through press and just anyone who would listen uh, to get the word out there. And it sounds like you got a, a good number of the candidates to participate in this. Do you have any indication of how many voters actually used it to form their decisions? We do. Well, we actually have um, the stats. We put together an election report uh, post-election just so we could understand more about our platform, but also just the general election results. And so we actually have the stats for not only the video views for each candidate that had a video, but also their profile page views, because, again, they had their Mm -hmm. own profile page on One Minute Candidate. And I think the most telling piece is that uh, there were six of the uh, 13 offices, so six candidates won uh, who had a one-minute candidate video where their opponent did not. Hmm. So over half, I guess almost half, had a video and they won and their opponent did not. And to me, you know, it could be coincidence, chalk it up to this or that, but it could be telling um, that we're on to something. Some more elections will be able to confirm that, but that's right. It's it's an interesting trend so far. Let's put it that way. It is. Yeah. It is. And our next election that we're headed to is in Nashville, Tennessee which is a month uh, from yesterday, August 6th. And whereas we had uh, 24 candidates for the Kansas City election, they have over 140 candidates. Oh, wow. So we're going to be busy. We're going to be very busy. <laughs> uh, and as you said earlier, you know, the data that we get from that will be truly telling into 
um, you know, how, how efficient and effective One Minute Candidate is, and also, of course, the feedback from the candidates and the voters. Mm-hmm. So you're not wasting any time taking this on the road. A lot of startups say stay local for quite a while, testing, testing, testing until they get the kinks out and so forth, but you're, you're taking it on the road. Now, how do you do that? Being a startup, how are you going to get videos shot in Tennessee? So, I mean, essentially the game plan is that we'll start to reach out to them today, actually, uh, to let them know about what we've done here in Kansas City. Uh, We're actually planning to reach out to the Nashville Election Board Mm -hmm. uh, to let them know because that's kind of the central point for election activities and just say, hey, here's our service. You know, it's, of course, ready for you guys to use. I just wanted you to know about it. And then we'll actually reach out to the candidates one by one, and that could be an email. It could be a tweet. It could be a... Uh, you know, a phone call, whatever we got to do to let them know what's happening. And again, I think once a candidate says, yeah, I'll do this, the others in this running for the same office, once they see that their opponent might have an edge, they usually mm-hmm. say, well, let's get on board with this thing. And, uh, you know, our pricing point, we're still playing around with that a little bit, but I think we're probably going to charge $99 for a video. Okay, that was going to be my next question. What is your revenue model for this? Yeah, so um, essentially the candidates pay to put their video on our platform. Um, You know, we're also investigating potentially some other revenue um, models on top of that. But that's really cut, dry, and simple. You know, the candidate pays because I think, you know, they all have a campaign budget. About 80% of that, from what I understand, is spent on advertising or a good portion of it. Um, essentially one minute candidate is a way for them to advertise, uh, you know, their message and at 99 bucks, that's kind of a drop in the bucket. We talked to some candidates here in Kansas city who said they spend four to five figures on one mailer and they'll they'll do that two to three. doesn't surprise me. Yeah. It's just a costly method of advertising your message. And I think if you're like me, you get one of these things in the mail and it immediately goes into the recycle bin. How are you getting the word out to the voters? So, yeah, again, I mean, we're using, you know, grassroots um, methods. So a lot of social media will reach out to kind of the the players and the talkers and the movers and the shakers in Nashville to try to get them on board. At the end of the day, you know, we're an education platform and we're bipartisan. We don't lean one way or the the next. And we really just trying to get voters to understand what the political candidates stand for in a short amount of time. So hopefully that resonates with, you know, the people in Nashville, the press, uh, and even, you know, their election board, et cetera. So it's a lot of hustle, but I think when people realize that, hey, we're just here to help, um, it'll hopefully resonate with them. Right. And so the candidates themselves, too, can direct people in as they make their speeches, as they participate in debates, as they, you know, I'm, I'm sure they're not going to discontinue the mailers that you said. I they, they could even direct people to the website, I suppose. You are spot to, on, actually. So because mm-hmm. each candidate has their own profile page and the URL is very friendly and easy and it's got their name in it, they can put that um, URL on their uh, other marketing messaging and, and whatnot. So what's next for One Minute Candidate? More cities or refining? coming out with an app, all the above? Kind of all the above, actually. I mean, you know, again, we're using the lean uh, startup methodology, so we just iterate slowly. We figure out, I mean, we move quickly, but we figure out what's resonating with our customers at the end of the day, which is the candidates, and what do they like, what do they not like. We've had some great conversations with some of the candidates here in Kansas City. Quentin Lucas took some time and sat down with us. 
Catherine Shields and just really gave us some verbal feedback on what they liked, what they didn't, what they expected, what wasn't there, et cetera. And that's just how you kind of evolve. So with Nashville, now 140 candidates will be getting even more feedback. And we've already got uh, a spreadsheet of about 400 or 500 rows of upcoming elections. And I'll tell you this much, come November of this year, we're going to be really busy. (laughs) Well, what is your ultimate goal for this? Obviously, you want to get this in as many different voters' hands, and you want to get as many candidates utilizing the tool to get their message out to those voters. But what what is your ultimate goal? Uh, why, why, Why do you see that as something that's so important? Well, I'll tell you this much. I certainly never planned to get into the political realm uh, or, I guess, cross political uh, politics with my startup life. But, uh, hey, you know, the universe works in mysterious ways. So, I mean, for me, the ultimate goal, I was reading an article not long ago, and the, the person who wrote it basically said, you know, don't, don't start a startup that makes a difference in five years. Do a startup that makes a difference in 200 years. You know, the, where the changes are, are lasting over that amount of time. And that really made an impact on me. And I think One Minute Candidate could be that. And it's not in its current form, but in what it could become. And to me, that's changing a law, which essentially says you're not allowed to lobby within 50 feet of a voting center. Right. And I understand right. that you don't want to you know, you don't want voters don't want to go in there getting hammered by all these different candidates saying vote for me, vote for me. But why not at least level the playing field so that when I'm at time of voting, literally in the booth, and I've done no education, I can at least watch a 60-second video. They all get the same chance to earn my vote. You know, it might, it might increase the voting process from three minutes to 15 minutes or whatever, but I think people would be willing to take that extra amount of time if they knew that they were making a better choice than just random or by name or by, you know, a D versus an R. So, mm-hmm. you know, if we could change that law and say, hey, um, this is not lobbying, this is just educating at time of vote, um, that would be pretty spectacular. So to me, that's one of our ultimate goals. So right now, the user needs to find out about this and watch the videos prior to approaching the, the voting booth, whether that's at home, whether that's while they're sitting in their car or what have you prior to entering the um, voting booth, you're trying to get it so that the law is changed and they actually can access this at the point of voting right there in the booth. Yeah, ultimately, uh, that, that is the goal. And it would be something that, you know, obviously a lot of these voting booths are now electronic. So mm-hmm. it would be cool to have this kind of embedded into the system itself so that, you know, I don't have to pull out my mobile phone at time of voting and kind of have two devices that I'm playing around with. Because right now, you know, if you're I, it, the laws vary depending on state, but you can have your mobile phone in the voting booth and you could watch a video in there. Uh, it might be a little distracting to everybody else unless you had headphones, but, uh, you know, you could do it at that time. But to me, again, it's it's even it's making it convenient. And if all of a sudden I'm looking at the voting booth and I just click the button next to a candidate's name that says watch the 60 second video and a little window pops up, you know, I'm, I'm watching their video. Boom, done. OK, I know who I'm voting for. That would be pretty awesome. We're going to take a break. When we get back, we're going to be talking with Matthew Marcus about his entrepreneurial career, his involvement in Startup Village, and what's next on the horizon for that organization. You're listening to Smart Companies Radio on Blog Talk Radio. We'll be right back. We're searching for the 10 best grandmothers in Missouri. The Magic of Marceline Development Company and the Missouri Star Quilt Company are sponsoring a search to find the 10 best grandmothers in Missouri. Winners each receive $1,250 in cash and $1,250 for charity. 
Verity. To enter, go to magicofmarceline.com. That's magicofmarceline.com. Contest ends July 20th. Enter now at magicofmarceline.com. Sponsored by Magic of Marceline Development Company and the Missouri Star Quilt Company. Breakfast. A time to bring your family together over thick-cut, slow-smoked farmland bacon. It's savory, delicious farmland breakfast sausage. Every strip, every patty and link brings the sizzle. Breakfast is served. Come and get it. Farmland. Passion for pork since 1959. Interested in growing your business? Thinking Bigger Business Media has the resources you need to grow your company to the next level, whether it's an aspiring business, a startup, established, or mature. Thinking Bigger provides the how-to strategies, critical connections, and key information to make your business more productive and more profitable. Check them out at ithinkbigger.com and find out what successful Kansas City business owners already know. Thinking Bigger Business Media is the resource for growing businesses. Visit them today at ithinkbigger.com. Welcome back to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. We're talking here this morning with Matthew Marcus. He is the founder of OneMinuteCandidate.co, and he's been talking here this morning about the first election, the Kansas City elections that they used that June the 23rd, some of the results of that. They're taking it into Tennessee, into Nashville here in the next few weeks, and they'll be able to see if the success, you know, continue to add to the data to evaluate the success of this this product. This is not your first entrepreneurial endeavor, is it, Matthew? It is not. I've been on the rodeo a few times. <laughs> you have. So tell us about entrepreneurial endeavors that you've pursued. And importantly, I want to eventually get around to talking about Startup Village as well. The National Spotlight has been shining on that a lot the last few years. But first, tell us a little bit about your entrepreneurial background. Absolutely. So, I, you know, it took me a while to realize, but I I finally figured out that I had an entrepreneurial spirit for a long time, even when I was a, a youngster. I just didn't know how to define it. Um, so, you know, I, I graduated from University of Kansas, got a degree in computer science, did the kind of corporate thing for a little bit, uh, but always just had this desire to kind of start my own gig. I started my own consulting business in 2004, which where I did website development and some other services like that. But my true uh, experience, my true entry into startup life it's, itself was in 2010 when a uh, buddy of mine approached me and said, hey, I got this great uh, idea for a startup company. We need a CTO. Are you interested? And he proceeded to tell me about uh, Define Kula Causes, which was essentially democratizing charitable giving uh, from a mm-hmm. corporate perspective. And it just checked all the boxes with me, jumped into it, had no idea what we were doing, and made, of, of course, a lot of mistakes. But it was a, it was a great part of my overall journey, so I, I certainly don't regret it. That was based in Boulder, Colorado, where I resided for a little bit. Came back to KC, which is my hometown, uh, heard about Google Fiber being here and thought, that's pretty cool. And didn't really know what I was going to do next. Um, but then, you know, serendipity again plays its role. And I ran into Adam Arredondo, who is mm-hmm. a local uh, entrepreneur and community builder as well. And, you know, I just thought, this guy is really interesting. He's very charismatic and he's got a lot of energy. And I just, I, I like him. He's a cool dude. And we formed a relationship, you know, a, a friendship. And then he, um, he asked me to join his startup, which at the time was called Local Ruckus. And right. I said, let's do this. 
uh, jumped aboard and, you know, we built that for a few years and it kind of, that was where the segue into the st- the Kansas City Startup Village came to be. So I did that for a little bit and then now I'm on to One Minute Candidate. And again, one of the uh, qualities or one of the characteristics, I guess, of the startup community is fail fast or move on, get something started, see where it takes you, go on to the next thing, Mm -hmm. build on what you learned from the previous. And it sounds like you have been doing that. And then Startup Village, it's a haven for people who want to test out their entrepreneurial ideas. And test might not be the right word, but they want to fine tune them. They want to have a safe space, so to speak, Mm -hmm. to get collaboration from the others who are housed there. And it's actually, like I said, getting a lot of national attention. Tell us about Startup Village and what the goals are for that, what it can offer entrepreneurs who are like you. You get an idea and you want to see where it can go. That's it. I mean, you you pretty much defined it quite well. The village, it started in late 2012. Uh, no planning at all involved. Uh, the short of it is that three properties within a half a block of one another came online with startup uh, activity in the first neighborhood in the world to get Google Fiber, again, without any planning. And you know, this was when I was in the thick of Startup Live with Local Ruckus. So was Adam. So was and Ben Barrett. You know, he came up with this crazy yes. idea of homes for hackers with, you know, entrepreneurs from around the country coming and connecting to Google Fiber. Um, and so it all just kind of came to be. And we realized uh, September 30th, 2012, that something really cool was happening and that we should probably get more intentional about it. And that's when we launched the Startup Village, the name and the website and the brand and whatnot. And the ultimate goal was just, hey, entrepreneurs, come join us. Because at the end of the day, entrepreneurship is really, really tough. It's, re- it's not as glamorous as a lot, a lot of people try to paint it to be. It's tough. And it's not, you know, one of the mistakes I made with Kula Causes, my first startup, is we tried to go it alone. We, we had mm-hmm. very few touch points with the startup community in Boulder, which has a fantastic startup community. And we just tried to bully our way through it. And we made a lot of mistakes along the way, which we probably wouldn't have made if we were talking to people. Right. And so now the village allows for that you know, hey, I'm a new entrepreneur or I'm a savvy veteran entrepreneur, but with those kind of collisions and collaboration and connectedness, um, everyone gets to prosper. And the chance for success increases to me dramatically, um, whereas, you know, the odds are always stacked against you. But, um, you know, with a startup community like The Village, it gets a little bit better. And you mentioned Adam Arredondo, and one of the newest entrants into Startup Village is SEED, the Center for Entrepreneurial Ecosystem Development, which Adam and Abby Tillman run. And there's a lot of educational programs that come out of that space and co-working space that is also available so that, you know, if you don't have your own house there, you can you can actually start up right there in the SEED facility. So there is a lot going on. You mentioned Boulder. When you look at the Kansas City scene versus what's going on in Boulder, how would you compare the two? You know, I think when you look at a startup city or a startup community, there's probably five or six different areas where you can kind of judge uh, its progress and and where it stands compared to other cities. Uh, Of course, that's like entrepreneurs. How many entrepreneurs are there? It's investment. Is there investment happening? Is there corporate involvement? What type of services are available to the entrepreneurs? Um, and I think when you look at Kansas City, four years ago, maybe five years ago, it was pretty low. wasn't a lot of action. Now, there were entrepreneurs here, but there wasn't a community. There wasn't such a vibrant startup community where people were coming together on an ongoing basis. You fast forward to today, and it's electric in Kansas City. I mean, I'm still blown away by all the things that happen and continue to happen in this city. And when I look back at Boulder, I mean, again, it's a, it's a different beast, so to speak, um, 
Boulder, obviously very vibrant. Uh, it's just, it's a different layout. It's a different crowd. It's a different type of person mm -hmm. who decides to reside there. Um, you know, and a lot of people always ask, is Kansas City going to be the next Silicon Valley or is this city going to be the next Silicon Valley? And the response is often, no, we're not going to be the next Silicon Valley. We're going to be the next Kansas City. There's so many differences between the Valley and Kansas City or any other Silicon Prairie city that it's, um, you know, we're, we're making it our own. And in making it your own, you do things a little differently, but you can still find success just as much as the Valley or another startup city. And when you talk about the startup community and when you talk about entrepreneurs, there's always been startups. But you're talking about, about a very distinct kind of startup. Can you define that? You mean just in general startup? This is a different breed. I guess that's a good word you could use. A different breed of entrepreneurs when you're talking about the startups in the village. Yeah. So, I mean, Casey SourceLink, which is a local um, organization, part of the U.S. SourceLink um, organization, they, they define the different types of entrepreneurs uh, out there very, very well from, hey, I'm a main street, you know, I'm opening a restaurant mm -hmm. or whatnot, or I'm opening a small business, a consulting business, all the way up to, hey, I'm opening a true, highly, high growth, highly scalable startup. And when you think about the type of startups in the village, that's typically what you're talking about. These are entrepreneurs who want to build a business that doesn't just serve Kansas City. They want to take this thing national, in some cases international. And mm -hmm. in doing so, they want to do it quickly. They want to uh, generate a lot of income, of course. Uh, and it leads to kind of the the later stage, uh, later stages of the journey, which is, hey, maybe someone will buy this. You know, the mm -hmm. exit opportunity. Maybe someone will buy this, or maybe I can IPO this thing. Um, so that's where I think the type of, of entrepreneur in the village, that's typically what you see. Sure. So you're talking about hockey stick growth initially yeah. and then a fast exit strategy as well. You're not building a bit. You're building a business that's got huge potential for growth, but you're probably not going to be the one that is leading the charge with that business five, 10 years down the road, because hopefully you've exited on your onto something else. Yeah. I mean, certainly that's, that's a goal for some of them or some of them, you know, want to build a business and keep building it and really have no <laughs> exit mind just because the, at the end of the day, if you're not passionate about what you're building, getting up day in and day out and working these 14 and 16 hour days is going to become a real tough ask of yourself. And so a lot of these entrepreneurs, they're just so passionate. I mean, it's funny. I was talking to one of them last night during the terrible storms that we had yeah. in, the, in the dark when the power was out. And I said, you know, I can't remember the last time where I was counting down the minutes until five o'clock to leave work because I couldn't wait to leave. I can't so remember true. that feeling. Like I, we're just sitting there. We're, I mean, people are like, how can I get on the internet with the power out? I got, I got work to do. I want, I want to get this stuff done. And it just shows you the passion and desire for these entrepreneurs to build and, and, and be successful. And so what do you think is next for Startup Village? We're growing. We have to do so appropriately because the Startup Village is a unique situation where we have a small commercial district. And of course, it's surrounded by residential um, areas and neighborhoods. And so as the entrepreneurs take up uh, residence or work in these various houses, you know, we have to take into zoning regulations and whatnot. For a while there, we kind of got lost into our rapid growth and, and disconnected from the city and the city governments and representatives. And we realized there was a, a because of that disconnect, there were some things that were the, some of the boxes weren't getting checked. Thankfully, it was brought to our attention. And we, you know, we've been meeting with uh, economic development uh, councils and the city governments and the residents so that we can really grow this thing appropriately. And we've got a lot of ideas, but again, it's got to be a part of the whole conversation because we certainly don't want to step on toes and we want to make this a, it really, at the end of the day, the village is a community effort. It's, you know, sure there's entrepreneurs and there's startups there, but 
it, we're all about the residents. We're all about showing them that we mean you know, me mean to do well and we want them to be a part of it. And we've thrown some events where they come out and join us, you know, a barbecue or a movie night or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, for me, that's, that's what the piece that I love the most about it, because I love a strong, vibrant community where I can wave to my neighbor, whether they be an entrepreneur or a, or a resident. And if anybody would like to find out more about the One Minute Candidate or about Startup Village here in Kansas City, how would they do that? One Minute Candidate, just go to our website, oneminutecandidate.co. And for the Kansas City Startup Village, kcsv.org. You're doing lots of great things, Matthew. Thanks so much for taking your time to be on the show today. And if you'd like to learn more about how to grow your business, please visit our website at ithinkbigger.com. Follow us on Facebook, Thinking Bigger Business Media, and on Twitter at I Think Bigger. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.